Welcome to the Rocky Valley Podcast. This is Pastor Jason Moe. We're glad you stopped in to have a listen, and we hope that this blesses you in some way. It's a great honor this evening that we have as a church. As we gather together with an opportunity to recognize a few young adults who are graduating from high school or have completed all of the necessary accomplishments to, uh, to already have accomplished to, to be graduating high school. It's an honor as a church because we have a chance to not only celebrate their accomplishments so far, but look to the future and recognize our responsibilities to them as a church. When we dedicate a child to the church, one of the things that we do is, is we make a covenant together that we will pray for and remember that child as if they are our own. And tonight, as I charge you, church, and you graduates who have chosen to, uh, to be with us, I charge you to remember that we have a responsibility to pray. To pray for these, coincidentally, this year, all young ladies. So I will be addressing our graduates as ladies quite often. It's not because... I'm not a, a gender specific and I'm against men. It's because they're all females. So don't, uh, don't think if you're listening to this on the podcast that this guy like doesn't like men or something. So these ladies, we have a responsibility to them as a church to be in prayer for them. We want to recognize together here that we will do just that. We'll be available for counsel. We'll be available for advice. We'll be available for prayer. We'll be available for Love will be available for an ear, because I don't know how many of you remember, but the years following high school, I often needed an ear, and often couldn't find it. Sometimes where I did find it, it wasn't the best ear for me to be leaning on, and so we want to be that for these graduates this year. So we want to love you, basically, as you enter into this next phase of your life. So first, let me acknowledge each of them. Uh, some of them are able to be with us this evening. Some of them uh, are not able to be with us this evening because of other commitments or, or other things going on, but we want to recognize them anyway. Uh, some of them have family members who are here uh, on their behalf, but first, let me acknowledge each of them. One is Miss Haley McCrimmon, Miss Kara Oakley, Skylar Davenport, Cheyenne Hart, Caroline Taylor, Natalie Walker, and Josie Boston. Let's give them a round of applause this evening. If any of you guys have met Danny Allen, you'll know that you are officially way smarter than he was. You've accomplished so much more academically then Jackson County had to offer Brother Danny when he was there. He made it through all three classes that they offered. <laughs> it wasn't a joke, by the way. That was, that was factual presentation. Yeah, that, that wasn't me being uh, joking there. Congratulations on reaching this milestone. Graduation of high school is quite an achievement. It's a reflection of a dedication a reflection of a hard work, a reflection of a determination to achieve a task that has been set before you. All of you 
If you will think back to four years ago as you entered into high school, one common thread of every freshman entering into high school is fear. Some of you may not have admitted that you had fear, but you had fear, you had anxiety. As you walked into your homeroom class or into the gym or however they do it now, when I was in school, we all walked into the gym, we all split off into our homeroom classes, we all got a schedule. For me, I had come from a junior high school that had about 83 people in it. And I walked into a high school that had thousands of people in it and covered many square foot. There were halls called the T. There were areas called just upstairs, but you couldn't use the elevator. There was a math circle. There was that area by the auditorium. And as I looked at my schedule and I looked around and I thought, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I'm sure some of you felt those same feelings. But what you did was you achieved the task that was set before you. And that's to be commended this evening. So I want to ask you one at a time to come up and receive a gift uh, from the church. This is a Bible. has their names uh, down on the bottom corner. A, uh, it's called a survival kit for graduates for the class of 2017. There's a devotion book that's uh, to help you transition into college or work. Uh, or whichever direction you'll be going. So the first Bible I want to give out this evening uh, is on behalf of Miss Haley McCrimmon, and Miss Sarah Crook will be receiving that. Yes, ma'am. Next, this is for Miss Cheyenne Hart, and Miss Belinda will be getting this to her. For Miss Schuyler Davenport, and Miss Candy will be representing her. Miss Caroline Taylor. You want us to back up for a picture? That's my Joel Osteen face. <laughs> Miss Josie Boston. Congratulations. I really wanted to do something to embarrass Josie, but Miss Kara Oakley and Miss Dot is not here this evening, but I will get that uh, to Miss Dot. And finally, Miss Natalie Walker. Congratulations. Those of you who don't know, Miss Natalie's been taking singing lessons for a while from me, and uh, we're so glad she's doing well with that also. If you would, please turn in your Bibles to the Gospel according to Matthew. This evening's going to be a little different. Uh, this entire evening is, is a charge to our graduates and to our congregation, but I do believe that the charge comes from the Word of God. The Gospel according to Matthew in the 14th chapter, would you please stand in honor of the reading of verses 22 through 33. And immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. 
while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent them away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me, come to you on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. When he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Let us pray. Father God, we ask that you would bless the reading and the teaching of your word. Lord God, we ask that you would place your hand upon each of these graduates and place your conviction upon this church that we would pray, that we would protect, that we would love, and that we would honor these graduates moving forward. But God, most importantly, that these graduates would love, respect, honor, and glorify you with the decisions that they make, Lord. We ask that you would have your way and your will with the remainder of our time together. And all of God's people said, and you may be seated. Now here in this often talked about story from the Gospel of Matthew, we find that Jesus has been teaching. Jesus has, in fact, fed the 5,000. Jesus has been very busy. And he decides to go in the boat to the other side to kind of pull away from the crowd just a little bit. But first he's going to go and he's going to pray. And he sends the disciples across. And, and you guys can see from the story that the disciples, as they start to go across, get caught up in quite a storm. And I want us to look at just a few things and how it can relate to you graduates as you relate on this journey into your full Adulthood. And the first thing that I want us to look at is kind of a negative aspect. It's a negative aspect from Peter. Now, for those of you that don't know, Peter is quite the individual. I relate Peter a lot to us. We all can find ourselves having the moments where we are like Peter, so full of faith, so full of fire, so ready to slice the ear off of the guard, so ready to fight, so ready to move forward, and then at times so ready to disappear, so ready to slink back. So ready to, to not be recognized or seen. But one thing we see first in verse 28 from, from Mr. Peter is we see that, that Jesus has come. Jesus has said, don't worry. The storm is raging. Things are rough. You don't know what's going on. You guys are petrified. You guys are scared. And I want you to keep in mind that it's the darkest of times. They've made it through the entire night looking, wondering when Jesus was going to come. When is Jesus going to appear? How are we going to survive this storm? How are we going to get through it? And here Jesus finally shows up. And what's Jesus say? He says, be of good cheer. Don't be afraid. But Peter says, Lord, if it is you. If it's you, Jesus, there he is in the presence of the master. And his faith has been shaken to the point that he doesn't even recognize that he's in the presence of the master. He goes, is that you, Jesus? Is that even really you? 
Ladies, as you take this journey, I want you to keep in mind that there will no doubt be times in your life when it seems that the storm is raging beyond what you can handle. It will seem like you have been looking for Jesus for longer than you realized you were going to have to wait for him. That you will have cried out to him repeatedly through the night. And it will seem like there's no answer. And you'll be quick to say, Jesus just isn't here. Jesus isn't coming. Maybe Jesus has forgotten me where I'm at. He's left me alone in this storm to figure it out on my own. But let me remind you in those moments to remember that Scripture says that he will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And when that storm seems like it's raging its hardest, that's when Jesus is just a step away. That's when you have your faith that you have to lean on to understand, though the valley is deep, Jesus is with me. Jesus is just a step away. Look at what happens next. Jesus says to Peter, Peter says, is he you? Is it even you? If it's you, then you just bid me come out on that water. Because really Peter's not sure what's going on. And what does Jesus say? All right. You don't believe it's me and, and walking out here on this water is what it's going to take to convince you? Step out of the boat. If it's what it's going to take, Peter, for you to recognize that I am the Lord, that I am in control, that I've got your back, that I've got you covered, if it's going to take you stepping out on this water for you to understand that, then come on. And Peter did. And for a second, he walked on the water. Isn't that something? He walked on the water for a second, but... Even after Jesus had shown him that he really was Jesus, even after Jesus had bid him come out on the water, even after Jesus had given him the ability to stand upon that water for a moment, Peter immediately looked at the storm again and began to doubt. And as you journey down this road, I can assure you there'll be times when you doubt yourself. There'll be times when you're tempted to look at the storm and think, I don't have what it takes to get through this storm. There'll be times when you don't know how you're going to pass that next exam or you don't know how you're going to deal with that next situation at work. You don't know how you're going to manage uh, being broke because you'll all be broke. Um, you don't know how you're going to manage relationships. How are you going to manage relationships with mother, father, boyfriend, friend? best friend, who's no longer best friend. How are you going to do these things? And you just begin to doubt that you have what it takes to carry through. What I want you to recognize is that the one person you should never doubt is Jesus Christ. Because the fact that Peter looked at the storm and realized that he couldn't handle it is not where Peter went wrong. It's that he looked at the storm and thought that Jesus couldn't handle it. It wasn't that Peter took his eyes off Christ and said, I don't know what I'm going to do in this storm. That's okay. None of us know what we're going to do in most of our storms. But what we have to recognize is that we serve a risen Savior who has already conquered them all. He's already conquered them all. If you will just keep your eyes on Him and His ways, you will not drown in the storm. But let's take a look at a couple of other things, and then we'll conclude this short charge and go eat cake. But if we're not careful, we can start to bash Peter, 
We can start to look at all the, the bad aspects of what Peter did. He took his eyes off Jesus. He began to drown. He didn't think that it was Jesus when he was in the presence of the master. He, he didn't do all that. But, but look at what Peter did do. Think about what Peter did do. He walked on water. I said that a moment ago, but I don't want you to lose sight of that. Now, I would like a show of hands in the house this evening. How many of you have ever walked on water? Just making sure. Because if you had, it would drastically miss the point. So if you had walked on water, I was going to ask you to leave. Peter, for a moment, did something that no other man had done. For a moment, Peter experienced a greatness that no other man had experienced. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty incredible to me. That sounds like a pretty good thing to say I've done. Can you imagine Peter as he tells the story to other people? You know this one time when the storm was so bad, I stood on the water. We were right out there. He was walking past the Sea of Galilee one day talking to some other fishermen. And he said, you see way out there, you know where the water's real deep? I stood up out there on top of the water. We were in a boat and I jumped out and just stood there looking at Jesus. I want you to keep in mind there were 11 other people in that boat at least. 11 other people were in that boat with the same opportunity to walk on water, and only Peter walked on water. So friends, graduates, ladies, if I could challenge you to do one thing, is to remember that you want to be the one that walks on the water. You don't want to be the one left in the boat watching everything happen around you. Be willing to step out on faith to do what God has called you to do. Don't jump in the water over your head until God calls you there. But if God is leading you down a path and you don't know how you're going to do it, walk on faith for just a moment and experience the greatness that God has created you for. Be willing to do what doesn't make sense sometimes and see what God does with your life. Don't be trapped in a boat where you feel safe because everyone else stays there. Don't go with the flow all the time because I want you to know that most people, most people get to the end and look back with a lot of regret for what they didn't do. Most people get to the end of their journey and go, I wish I had just stepped out of the boat. Don't be that person. Step out on faith with God. But Peter did something else. And if you're going to recognize Anything tonight, this is probably the most important part of this message. The end of verse 30, look at what Peter does. He saw that the wind was boisterous. He was afraid and beginning to sink. And he cried out saying, Lord, save me. As you move forward, ladies, don't forget that you will never be out of the grip of Jesus Christ. You will never be so far gone that you can't reach out back to him. In verse 31, we see that as Peter cries out, Lord, save me, he cries out to Jesus. He began to sink. He took his eyes off Jesus. He began to sink down. He said, Lord, save me. Jesus takes his hand 
And they walk back to the boat together. When the storms of life are troubling beyond your recognition, and you finally realize that they are, in fact, more than you can handle, if you will just walk with Jesus, he will walk you back to safety. And he will not let you sink. And in closing, I want to share one last piece of advice that everyone in this room would do well to learn. This is not directly from Scripture, and this analogy has been given by many theologians and many philosophers through the years. This analogy has been used. I researched, I don't even know who to attribute this analogy to originally. It's been used so many times. I know that most recently a man named Tyler Perry, in the character of Medea, used it. Never quoted Medea from the pulpit before, so we'll see how this goes. (laughs) But I think you would do well to remember it as it pertains to people in your life. You need to remember that sometimes people come into your life for a lifetime. And sometimes people only come for a season. And you really get in trouble when you mix those people up. When you start to put lifetime expectations on seasonal friends, it can end with great disappointment and take you down a road that you don't need to go down. Because you see people fall into the category of a tree. Some people are like the leaves on that tree. The wind blows this way and they go over here. The wind blows this way and they sway back over here. They're very unstable and when the season comes to a conclusion... They fall away, and they're gone from the tree. And while they were there, they really didn't do anything but take from the tree and occasionally provide some shade. Now, sure, they make the tree feel like its appearance is more beautiful. They make you feel like they're enriching your life for that season. They make you feel like that things are really better. But at the end of the day, they're only there for a season and they're going to wither and blow away. Other people are more like branches on the tree and these are more tricky. You got to be careful with the branches. You see, the branches will be more steady than the leaves. They'll seem like they're more sturdy. They'll even stick around for several seasons. They'll seem like they're the kind that are going to be there forever. But then one day you'll walk way out on the end of that branch and it too will fall away and you'll be by yourself again. But if you can find two or three people in your life that are like the roots of that tree, hang on to them with everything you've got. Those are the ones that will be behind the scenes that don't need to be recognized, that don't want to be seen, that don't want the glory for being in your life. And they will hold you up for an eternity. What's funny is you really don't need very many roots to hold up an awful lot of branches and supply an awful lot of leaves. But you've got to be able to recognize who they are. So be careful. Don't put lifetime expectations on seasonal people. Now that's a little story about a tree to... Maybe hope you can remember that as you go on. 
You won't get it right 100% of the time. I've missed quite often. But one thing I know is Psalms chapter 1 says that those who walk in the ways of the Lord become like a tree planted near the water. The reason that's there is because a tree planted near the water, the roots grow very easily and grow very deep. So you want a friend who's stronger than a brother. Make sure that's Jesus in your life. Keep that as your root. Keep that as your foundation. Keep your eyes on Christ and you'll never sink. And if I had to give you anything to remember is that when everybody else lets you down, Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. Let's pray. Father God, God, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for these young ladies. I thank you so much for their accomplishment, for their life, Lord. I thank you for their commitment to you. And God, I pray right now that you would guide them and direct them, but most importantly, that they would learn to lean on you in every decision, in every thought, and allow you to captivate their lives at this very moment, Lord Jesus. God, I pray that as a church, we would pray for them continuously. Be there for them often. And love them as if they are our own children because they are our children, Lord. So God, you be glorified and amaze us with what you do in their lives. We thank you that you have allowed us to be here with them. And it's in your precious heavenly name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining in. We sincerely hope that this has blessed you in some way. If you have any further questions, feel free to give us a call or check us out on the web at www.rockyvalleybaptist.org. Thank you and have a blessed day.